Welcome back to Season 2 of That's So Second Millennium, the Catholic Science Podcast, where we look forward to the new synthesis in the new millennium between faith, philosophy, and science. Paul here. This is Episode 91 of That's So Second Millennium. This is the second part of our interview. Well, I mean, our interview with each other, Bill and I having a discussion. Last time we started with deacons, we're continuing now to talk about parish communications, communications on the internet, how we as Christians should communicate. So uh, it's a little less heavy, certainly less heavy on the science, although sociology, as is the want of sociology, is kind of in there in the background all over the place. Uh, you mentioned the infamous Andrew Greeley at one point, and uh, you know, using the tools of uh, those sort of sociological arts, and of course the internet people were a little hard on. I'm a little hard on, uh, you know, lifestyle bloggers at some point uh, during those proceedings. They're, they're unfortunately easy targets, so if I've got, gone over the bounds of charity there, I apologize. But there is, there's certainly something there in terms of what, what we hold up as an ideal, what our culture holds up as an ideal, and what we should actually be treating as an ideal. Uh, this will be... This will be the last episode for a few weeks. I believe this will be actually the last episode until January 10th. Um, we need to take a break. And actually, we're doing some work on some more exciting things. We're probably going to change the format of the podcast to a twice a month, once every two weeks format. And uh, we have some more We have some more to tell you. We'll, we'll firm it up. Um, we did do an interview on Friday at Purdue University that we're uh, very intrigued to share with you on as our first episode, the new format on January 10th. Um, it won't be that different, but, uh, it, it will, it will be a deliberate alternation between myself and Bill being, uh, you know, sort of the driving forces behind uh, the episodes. So yeah, looking forward to that and sharing that with you in the new year. Um, in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. You had a wonderful Christmas. If through the, due to the magic of internet and podcasts, you're listening to this after Christmas, after New Year's even, I hope it's a wonderful 2020 for you in the future or in the present or possibly even conceivably in the past. With that, Bill and I pick back up. Where would you like to start again? Uh, oh, I mean, we had been finishing up talking about, well, I mean, we'd, we'd been discussed deacons and, you know, the need to, for people to talk about parishes. I mean, what I, th I see starting to happen, there are at least some books coming out, um, some communications about this, you know, best practices, so to speak, parishes yes, that have actually of... successfully changed into something, into a, a functional human group that is actually doing something to spread the gospel right. and, and improve one another's lives. So that's, right. that's hopeful, and we need a lot more of people, you know, tuning into that. You know, I mean, to, to think about, you know, I one thing I would like to see done, I don't know if this has been done um, or if it's been done all that well with adequate resources, but, you know, to, to check on, I mean, you know, you can think about, you know, there are rumors that other dioceses, you know, maybe Denver or I think Nebraska, but if the diocese is in Nebraska, Lincoln, probably um, having a lot more priestly vocations than the country at large. Um, what, what, what practices are actually associated with that? Are they what people claim them to be or are they something else? Um, uh -huh. Are they associated with there being more or fewer deacons? What affects the number of vocations to the diaconate? Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. So that they, we can check some of these things. We have, we have the resources and the ability to actually 
collect the numbers and see if that tells us something. I mean, they aren't, they aren't the be all and end all, but they can serve if we put them to work, the greater message, the greater good. I mean, so you're, you're probably at least somewhat familiar with Andrew Greeley. I yes. very likely you're more familiar with him than I am. I mean, I've, I've read the beginnings of a book or two of his and put them, thrown them down with disgust, basically. Um, yeah. Whatever yeah. book, whatever book I've picked up, was I mean, it seemed to me that basically he was taking polls and saying, well, the polls say that American Catholics believe this, so basically the church should start saying this. Right. Which is, which is one of those just, you've completely missed the point of what this Jesus of Nazareth guy came to change what we're doing. Right. <laughs> to change That's some right. of what we're thinking. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, but, it's a classic case of... Um, you know, uh, if uh, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail. And yet, and, it would take uh, it would take so little to turn you know what he's doing to the good of the church. You know, so it's good. So of course, I'm looking at the you know the the Criterion, the Indianapolis Archdiocesan newspaper, and some editorial where someone is you know bemoaning you know the pew polling has come out again on some other question related to religion. And Oh my gosh, 74% of American Catholics approve of cohabitation. I'm like, you're surprised. I mean, it's like yeah. the whole idea that, you know, 20 some percent of the American public is are nuns now. N O N E S. Right. And I'm like, I'm just happy. Those numbers aren't higher. I mean, right. are, you, are you walking around and listening to anything floating around in this culture? I mean, it's relentless, especially yeah. on the sex angle. I mean, our the contemporary culture has an agenda about sex. I mean, yeah. it has an it has an agenda about atheism, but oh my gosh, it has an agenda about sex. Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, not not to be a, a conspiratorialist in any way, but that agenda at its roots is kind of. Uh, the destruction of the family unit. Is that right? I would well, say? I mean, I mean, if you trace it all the way back to, you know, demonic antecedents. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know that anyone, gosh. So, you know, that, that I, I do remember this old sixties psychology book of, you know, my dad's from when he was in college in the early seventies that was full of these, you know, horrific sounding avant-garde ideas about, you know, what the family could become. And well, you know, because of overpopulation, maybe we want to encourage homosexual uh, activity and blah, 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 things like that. Wow. I don't think that people, I, I don't, it's, it's just people let themselves, I mean, people, people let themselves believe that this doesn't squander the a precious resource transmitted from generation to generation of, we do actually have to, take serious drastic measures in order to take care of our children. Right. Which is what, you know, it's like, that's why people like Darsha Narvez don't get any more of a hearing than they do because uh, it's just too darn inconvenient. That's just, it too would darn actually, it would actually require people to change behavior and attitude. Yeah. Yeah, and attitude first. Yes, which is which is very difficult. Yeah, yeah. People will only change their uh, uh, 
in, uh, deeply ingrained behaviors uh, unless, uh, you know, only when it's when absolutely forced. Um, it, it yeah. They wanna, yeah, they're willing to suffer, uh, suffer the consequences of their ingrained behaviors until all else fails. What was that line about, uh, you know, um, uh, Amer- you know, Americans are great at solving problems, uh, at defining, finding the right solution to the problem, but only after all other solutions have been tried. And Something like that. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, unfortunately, that is perhaps human nature, not just... Oh yeah, to, to just to. blame to just blame Americans would be a little gratuitous, more than a little gratuitous yeah. there. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But uh, that was another point that you mentioned last week, um, and uh, I, I wanted to to raise it again because it raised questions, uh, just good uh, thought provoking uh, questions in my mind. You talked about um, we can't think in terms of one country uh, being a small player or a big player. I forget exactly how you approached the issue, but um, that to me raised the whole question of globalization versus nationalism um, and, um, you know, uh, maybe subsidiarity writ large. Right. Um, and how, uh, you know, uh, if the United States is currently the, the big dog on the block and if China is going to be the big dog in the future, to what degree can Catholic values inform us about the usefulness or the non-usefulness of thinking of one country or another as uh, a big player, a small player? Um, and, uh, it, it ultimately, um, you know, again, I would say, and you would say, I know, uh, uh, a lot of our thinking has to be at the, at the really local level. That is truly the best use of subsidiarity as expressed in Catholic social teaching. Once we get into the world of nationalism and globalism, uh, and we try to take on all of these issues that I don't think, uh, you know, uh, we're, of course, uh, called to think locally and globally simultaneously. But if our politicians are telling us to think almost entirely globally, as if we're the big player on the block responsible for the well-being of the whole world, um, that's, that's not really going to get us closer to God or closer to an effective use of Christian values, because let's face it, uh, God God neither uh, designed us uh, or mandated us uh, to be the uh, solutions, uh, individually at least, uh, to the world's problems. And I think people are trying to be that now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a whole culture of, you know, the overachievers in our society you know, feeling like they have to put this enormous, like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to start this movement, and I'm going to change the world, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, there's there's like 87 million of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> 90% of all statistics are made up. Um, but, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I like but, that, right. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's so it's so bizarre. Like, you know, the, there's so many chiefs and so few Indians. And it's, okay, what, what role am I going to play? I mean, what it's like I think about this podcast. And we just sort of started it. And I don't, you know, I didn't, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about what we can do going forward. And, and what we would do going forward is has got to involve becoming more of part of a group of people. I mean, there are other people out there with at least Catholic podcasts, you know, right. if I can make a recommendation to the listeners of a podcast that I just started listening to recently, there's a Catholic feminist podcast. That yeah. woman is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you'd love listening to her. Well, oh, we might, yeah. other than maybe the episodes where she gets really into, um, uh, feminine physiology, the uh, the feminine genius uh, uh, that uh, no 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 physiology like, no 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 physiology like the like the nuts and bolts of um you know taking care of our bodies because they're sacred and women's bodies need a lot of taking care of they are extremely complicated and they must do very rigorous things most notably of course bear children that was her right. last episode was actually talking to a physical therapist who you know deals with women who their pelvic floor. Okay. I'm not doing a good job of selling this podcast. That's, <laughs> that is one corner of what she's talked to, what she talked about. And those Fair of enough. you, those of you who are in fact blessed with female bodies, uh, would do, would, would enjoy perhaps those episodes more than Bill and even I, even though I do take a certain interest in those matters. Um, right dating all the way back to when I used to volunteer at the women's care center in South Bend, but, Indeed. Uh-huh. um, and was forced to take an interest in those matters. But, um, but she talks a lot about social justice issues. I mean, she manages, I think she manages to do an excellent job of remaining extremely like, you know, Orthodox Catholic, like, you know, right. not, not gratuitously, uh, trying to stay within the lines, which aren't that restrictive of of you know doctrinal orthodoxy but really caring about and there are a lot of people especially women in the world who are not treated well who are not treated justly um and what what can they do about their situation themselves as well as what ought the rest of us be doing um yeah i mean it's it's a great listen catholic feminist they're you know may her kind multiply yeah is that indeed the name of the podcast itself? The Catholic yeah. Feminist? Yeah. 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 I get it through Stitcher. I assume it's on Apple as well. Uh-huh. I've ditched the Apple podcast app because it just gratuitously like starts hogging gigabytes and gigabytes of your storage. It doesn't oh, like it doesn't right. actually delete all of the podcasts after you've listened to them. It pretends uh-huh. to, but doesn't actually, at least on my, you know, I have an iPhone five, so I think they uh, may have cleaned this up in later versions, but I'm stuck with iOS 10 and they're just like, screw it, you're screwed. More and more apps uh, are just like, oh no, you can't download, you can't install this app. You need iOS 11 or 12 or whatever the hell we're up to. So, yeah. So, but that's, uh, so I, but I've been using that and uh, it is, it is definitely on Stitcher and she is, she's a good listen. Um, so there, we, we probably ourselves need to look at the subsidiary angle subsidiarity angle when we when we have time in our lives to go back and you know be more strategic about what we're doing with this podcast and uh you're actually um segueing into another um uh point in catholic social thought that uh really stands out more and more to me 
uh, as we talk about things like um, social polarization and improved communication in community and communion, and that is uh, solidarity. And I, I've liked your your point. Uh, I think you, you mentioned it in, in both recent episodes that you'd like to generate more conversation just among our own listeners, uh, get, get listeners uh, talking with us. And I'd uh, be very happy to add my uh, email address to yours as uh, a channel that um, people might want to reach out through uh, to, yeah. uh, to, to talk with us. Yes. But, and, uh, if you go to that's that. second millennium.net, um, there is actually a link uh, with a little uh, envelope and uh, both of our names. So there is actually a link to Great. email both of us over there. At the oh, right. thank you. Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were, and, um, it is true that we need to uh, form. We everybody has has formed uh, uh, podcasts and blogs and YouTube channels, but in a sense, um, maybe we're reaching the time for some kind of a grassroots-driven merger, or at least greater affiliations and partnerships and some way of identifying like-minded people uh, across all of these particular channel boundaries, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we would hope so. Yeah. I've certainly felt that way uh, as I pursued, tried to be a little bit of a um, thought leader in the world of um, improving communication uh, in, in the light of, Catholic social values, um, you know, uh, when I've done some public speaking in, with parishes and all, uh, I've realized that, uh, and I knew this from the start, while uh, my point is always about uh, Pope Francis and the very good points he raises about the need for better uh, constructive communication uh, throughout the church and at the local parish level. Um, you know, he's, he's saying that we need to reach out uh, in, in broader ways. He demonstrates it in his own life and in his own uh, uh, approaches to conversation. He's been willing to sit around the table with folks who otherwise would be classified or labeled as, uh, you know, uh, disagreeing with Catholics on many issues. But he says, well, let's at least get around the table together and uh, and talk about the things where we can reach some agreement. We have to start uh, uh, talking along those lines and building community across the current structure of communities that has formed in social media. And those communities often tend to be, not ours, thank God, but uh, a lot of communities tend to be exclusionary rather than inclusionary. You have to, uh, you have to wear a certain number of badges. Yeah, that's right. And uh, you have to be uh, uh, part of the, um, what do they call them? The uh, algorithms that, uh, you know, sort uh, one demographic or one point of view from the other, largely for advertising and profit-driven reasons rather than any real true community-building reasons. Yeah. Yeah, especially yeah. as Catholics, 
we have to rise above that marketing kind of approach. Right. Certainly the, um, the crasser forms of it, you know, the people who simply, you know, I want, I want to be a lifestyle blogger because I want to indulge in this fantasy that I can work 20 hours a week doing things that I actually like doing and, and spend the rest of my time, you know, on an Island somewhere doing. Right. Yes. Yeah. A lot of the podcasts and a lot of the uh, outreaches in general on social media are not truly social in terms of outreach. Um, the, uh, they're not the, they're, the purpose that's driving them is more narcissistic than uh, purpose driven or, you know, common good driven. Um, I, 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 I think it's true and not boastful to say that our goal and the goal of a lot of fellow podcasters is truly to see how we can help solve problems that uh, other uh, uh, users of social communication are, are trying to solve. And it's, it is fascinating to, uh, um, you know, browse more deeply into uh, cyberspace now and uh, the social media more broadly. And, and that's an exciting project uh, to, um, to see, you know, where, where are the points of agreement? Uh, how, can we, how can we start talking across boundaries? And even when we talk about parishes improving their communications within the parishes, and uh, you know that uh, that's a wonderful goal, and something like what the McGrath Institute is going to be pursuing. Uh, one reason why that's so great is that those same communication skills and uh, the valuing of communication channels being better formed, better informed. Uh, is that uh, those same channels will help us talk to uh, uh, people in our geographic area who may not be members of the parish or not active members of the parish or people of different faiths. We, uh, you know, a parish, isn't it, isn't it within canon law that, you know, a parish isn't just about the Catholics who live within a geographical area? Yeah, so far as I know, a parish, it really, it's everyone you know, a diocese and a parish take in everyone within those geographical boundaries. And I think that's a beautiful thing. That's another aspect of parish life that I think we do well to take more seriously. Yes. It's, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, it, it is a good thing. I think in a lot of the vast majority of cases that, you know, there are wealthy parishes that, you know, will, will go and, you know, sponsor like parish trips to Haiti or something like that. Lord knows Haiti needs the help and we need right. to be, you know, doing things like that. But, you know, maybe we should also from day to day, week to week, uh, be focusing on, okay, here, here is a soluble problem. Yeah. Essentially, everyone within, everyone within the boundaries of our parish, we have a special mission to. What are we going to do right here with the people that we see every day? Yes. Or the people who, you know, are right around a street corner because they're illegal immigrants or something and they're hiding from us and you know, right. we've managed to engineer our lives, not voluntarily in most cases, but you know, instinctively we've sort of engineered our lives to separate ourselves off from them. Let's, yes. Yeah. We, we generate our own bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's human instinct, you know, it's, 
that's one of the great human tendencies that's it's one of the most hard-coded behaviors that we have is to separate ourselves into in-groups and out-groups yeah um, yeah but but we are called to fight that tendency to some extent yes yeah and uh, um, uh, actually that actually tends to affirm your earlier point about <clears throat> having more deacons or at least um, uh, having more deacons being one example, uh, one reflection of a greater sense of accountability among engaged Catholics, uh, because um, as you said, uh, deacons are for the purpose of serving within a parish, but also for being extensions of the parish uh, in exactly the ways Pope Francis talks about. You know, we yeah. um, it's yeah. not just about bringing people into the doors of the church, but sending forth people outside the doors of the church to get new encounters and accompaniments mm-hmm. going. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it, it, we, we really have to, it's a bigger fight against our natural bubble making instincts than most Catholics even realize. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Pope and Francis is offering a really big challenge. More than we give ourselves time to, to think about because we have yes. all these other things we got because we have to take our kids to the travel soccer team practice exactly whatever all the things that we all the things that we generate to occupy our time yes and yeah. i'm as guilty of that as anybody and me too me too and they say and we uh, we've often talked offline about uh, just how busy we are and no doubt about how uh, all of our listeners and everybody is uh, incredibly busy uh, what's that line, uh, the maxim that, um, you know, if the devil can't make you evil, he'll make you busy. Right. Uh, or, so that, yeah. or, or that busy is an acronym, B-U-S-Y, being under Satan's yoke. Whoa, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I heard that from a, from a guy in Tennessee. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good man, good it, man. It's, it, it's food for thought that, uh, you know, um, it's a natural tendency as we form more of these uh, evangelizing groups uh, within parishes uh, to to be um, more active and actively engaged in conversations with each other. Um, I, I guess we have to guard against that taking the form of just forming more organizations and having more parish events and having every weeknight occupied with five different events that parishioners uh, can attend to talk about, uh, uh, you know, going forth yeah. from the doors. You know, yeah. at uh, some point yeah. we have to stop raising awareness and we have to start doing something with the awareness. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gosh, in, in a sense, uh, we've never been a more aware uh, society. Uh, we have yeah. a fire hose of information uh, flooding us every day through the internet. We are aware, at least uh, aware of what we want to be aware of. Uh, well, yeah, we're aware of, as, of it as much as we're capable of taking in. Yes. And uh, part of the answer is to um, have a better understanding and a better prioritization of what amongst all of this uh, information flow we really need to remain aware of and to increase our awareness of. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We have to prioritize 
but that can't mean that we only prioritize according to um, what's the term um, where uh, you know you're you're only confirming your own point of view, your confirmation yeah. bias, and yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. Boy, it, uh, so it really is a tremendously difficult, uh, multi-layered uh, uh, challenge. We haven't we haven't even faced the complexity of the challenge, much less addressed all of the uh, all of the ways to uh, address it uh, best. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, un- and unfortunately, we're at the point where uh, I am really going to have to uh, sign off for the day. Oh, okay. That's a good. Uh, it's been a good conversation. Yeah, this was actually pretty good. If you enjoyed this episode or one of our previous episodes, please leave us a review on iTunes. iTunes is the biggest distributor of podcasts, and having reviews there will help us reach a wider audience. We would also love it if you posted your review on other services like Google Play and Stitcher as well.